Welcome to the Red Shirts Fantasy Football Podcast with your hosts, Matthew Betts and Matt Okada. Welcome in to another episode of the Red Shirts Fantasy Football Podcast. This is episode 84, and tonight I don't have Okada with me. Uh, I have a, a very special guest, one that I've been really dying to get on the show because good friend of mine in the industry and, uh, and a good guy to just always talk football with and always talk fantasy football with, that is Mr. Nate Hamilton. Nate, what is up, my man? How are you doing? I'm doing all right, Matt. Thanks for having me. I... I'm actually, ironically, I'm a little nervous right now because I haven't recorded in almost two months. Um, you know, as you may know or your audience may not know, I don't know. Uh, but uh, Keaton and I, we record the Fantasy Tilt podcast and we've had to put the pause on recording, unfortunately, just because our personal lives have gotten to us. We're crazy busy with our jobs right now and uh, time hasn't allowed us to, to record. So I'm kind of... Uh, out of uh, out of my range here. I don't I don't even know what I'm saying anymore. So it's uh thanks for having me though. <laughs> yeah, I think I see a, a cobweb on your mic actually through the video <laughs> chat here. <laughs> yeah, I'll get that right now. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, you're right. It, it has been a while for you and uh, and Keaton. And obviously, uh, if our listeners have heard that podcast, they know what you're you're referring to, of course. Hmm. Um, but just for our listeners who may not know you already, first off, let us know where they can find you on Twitter, and then second. Um, kind of just like give your, your background, maybe a minute or two of like where you've previously written before and like what projects you've done and, and the podcasting scene and, and all that. So the floor is yours for a couple of minutes. Just kind of fill our listeners in on uh, your work. Sure. We only have an hour, right? Okay. So no, it's like the full time. You got it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so uh, you can find me on Twitter at DominateFF. Uh, I'm on there literally every day of my life. That is, that's, I live there um, where I'm in the real world at work and, and at home, I'm still living on Twitter. So I'm always existing there. Um, I had my own uh, website a while ago. It was dominatefantasy.com. Um, and I, I stopped that to do other projects. I worked uh, with the fantasy footballers with, with you and the fantasy footballers. I wrote uh, with them for three years. Gosh. Uh, I wrote for uh, fantasy pros, um, a whole bunch of, no name sites, and I hate to say no name, but it, it's they no longer exist, so I can I can't actually say that. Uh, but currently, I work um, for Fantrax, uh, so you can find my work over at Fantrax HQ. And as you know, I, as we've already mentioned, I do the Fantasy Tilt podcast. But um, I think uh, for the rest of the season, we're just going to put a pause on that. But I think Keaton and I plan on coming back to to doing the podcast again because. We love it so much. We love fantasy football. We love our audience. We love talking to you guys. You know, so um, I don't think uh, we're gonna get rid of it completely. Yeah, and that is great news because I know that's one of mine that's always in my rotation. And uh, and we have a, a chat going on Twitter with you, myself, and a couple other close friends that have either written together at a, a certain site um, right. or what have you. And when you let us know, I was like, man, that is such a bummer because the way you guys do it is so fun. Like you just provide a platform for people to interact with your podcast. And I think that's mm -hmm. really unique. So I'm hopeful that that comes back sooner than later, not to put any pressure on you. 
Uh, but I'll be refreshing my podcast app repeatedly until it comes back. <laughs> Not that I needed it, but you're making me miss it so much already. Yeah. And sorry, man. <laughs> you know, it's just it just is what it is right now. And you know, trust me, I don't want it to be this way. But it's just it's just the way the cookie crumbles, I guess. Yeah, absolutely, man. Totally get that. Um, Nate, before we get into uh, our content tonight, mm-hmm. if you've been listening to the last few episodes, Okada and I have been doing a a Betts' Big Question segment, which I put out on Twitter, usually on Monday or Tuesday after the week that was, and uh, and we lead off the podcast by discussing that. So let's kick that off here with this segment. So my big question of the week on Twitter was, which player with a massive fantasy performance from Week 5 do you believe in most moving forward? The options were Aaron Jones, Will Fuller, who we're going to talk about later, spoiler alert, Okay. DJ Chark, Gerald Everett. So out of those four options, this got 776 votes on Twitter. Aaron Jones, 52% of the votes. Uh, are you in agreement with the people, or do you feel a little bit differently about this question? I actually did vote on this, and I, I quick voted Aaron Jones. And I'll stand by it, uh, simply because... You know, obviously he had a monster game last week, four touchdowns, 107 yards. It's He's not going to do that every week. However, this offense, the, the Green Bay Packers offense have not looked elite. They have not looked how they typically do with Aaron Rodgers back there. So they found a little life last week in them with allowing Aaron Jones to carry the ball a million times. So I don't see them backing away from doing that. Um, you know, especially after winning a football game. So, you, and you always want a piece of a prolific offense. And I believe that Aaron Rodgers is just getting things going now. He's 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 improving, and hopefully Devontae Adams comes back. Obviously, that helped Aaron Jones with Adams not being there. But Aaron Jones is going to be part of this offense, and you're going to want a piece of that. The other the other part of it is, I kind of wanted to. When I read DJ Chark, I kind of regretted not clicking him because he's kind of automatic. And for me, I'll talk about him later. A little spoiler alert. Well, you're not you're not that far off of your uh, your previous podcasting flow. Oh, thank that was you. A nice little uh, little preview there with Chark. But yeah, man, I, I agree. I I didn't vote on my own <laughs> my own question, but I guess <laughs> I should have. Uh, for me, it is definitely Aaron Jones. I think this performance. I mean, you can you can do whatever you want as a coach, obviously. Matt LaFleur has been saying all along, like, this is a committee. Um, I want to get, you know, the touches evenly distributed between Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams. But after this kind of performance, like, anyone with two eyeballs has to be able to look at this game and look at the fact that uh, Aaron Jones was an absolute stud and just catapulted the offense to a fantastic performance there against your Dallas Cowboys. Mm. Um so, yeah, man, I agree. I, I think he is the one that we should believe in most moving forward. Do I think this happens? Of course not. But I do think that it is his backfield here moving forward with a little bit of Jamal Williams sprinkled in. So uh, let, I love let's, Aaron Jones. Let me just stop you right there and get and get just, first of all, the most important thing about this poll, and, and I just discovered this because you just revealed it, you had a chance to have this have 777 votes by voting on your own, but you <laughs> refused to do that. So oh. I'm very disappointed in you. <laughs> yeah, I dropped the ball on that one. That's all right. I'll, I'll forgive you this time. But, it, yeah. I mean, that's perfect jackpot right there. Oh, that's too good to be true, huh? <laughs> oh, dang it. Yeah, well, oh. next next time, I guess. Next time, for sure. All right, before we get into uh, the most kind of uh, exciting parts of the podcast tonight, 
Quick reminder, everyone, we have some articles up on the site every day, redshirtsfantasyfootball.com. Buy low candidates from Jared Hernandez, and our weekly sit starts from Kyle August just went up today, so check those out. Fantastic content from the crew, working hard. Find us on social media, anywhere you uh, you use social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. We are at redshirtsffpod on all of those platforms. Um, and then lastly, kind of before we get into the news and injury segment of tonight's show, Nate, I don't know if you've heard of uh, of this sponsor that we have. Have you heard of Fantasy Go yet? Yes, I have. I've been talking to the gentleman there, and uh, they're they're good people, man. So yeah, I, I have heard of them, and I think they're it's a great platform. I know you're going to do read, so I'll let you take care of that. Maybe we could talk about about them a little bit after that. So yeah, absolutely. Um, Fantasy Go, like you said, it's a group of good people. So we are really excited to support this product. Fantasy Go is basically like the Uber of fantasy football. So right now they're currently only in Yahoo leagues, but um, maybe you're one and four, maybe you're zero oh and five. Maybe you're like, man, I don't know where to go from here. Who do I start? Who do I bench? Who do I pick up? This is the service for you because basically what you do is you hire an analyst. So you can hire uh, myself, Matthew B, or Matt Okada, Matt O. Nate, are you on there yet? Not yet. No, like I said, I am talking to them, but so I, I, I may be. So soon okay. to be me as well. Next week, look for Nate H <laughs> on there. Nice. Um, and you can hire any one of us to be your analyst for the week. Literally, you hire us. So we have to help you, and we do it for you if you want us to. We can run your team all week long, make waiver claims, add drops, start sit decisions for you. And the best part is none of your league mates know that you're not the one doing it. Um, So it's a a fantastic way for you to get a leg up on your competition. Nate, I know you are interactive on Twitter. I'm sure you get a ton of, you know, start sit questions and DMs, and Mm -hmm. it's just so hard to keep up with with day-to-day life and, and all that kind of stuff. If you go through this platform, fantasygo.com, and use us, legally, we have to make you a priority. So this is the way to get access to us. And they've got a really exciting feature coming out this week. Um, they've got the concierge mode, mode, which I'm really excited about. It allows you to like see behind the thought process as to why we would pick player X versus player Y. So we literally chat with you back and forth on, on the site, fantasygo.com. And kind of help you make those decisions if you don't want to give up complete control of your team. So uh, both options are fantastic. And spoiler alert, in two weeks, they've got a DFS model coming out, which I am really excited about. So head on over, check those guys out at fantasygo.com. Like I said, search for any one of us. We'd be more than willing to help you win your week. All right, Nate, let's get over into the news. I got great news, guys. Oh, Hey, so we're a little bit lighter on the, on the news front this week, Nate, but let's start off with the trade that went down on Monday Night Football, uh, during Monday Night Football, I should say. Zay Jones traded to the Raiders for a 2021 fifth-round pick. Um, we can talk about both sides of the ball here, but I'll kind of start with what I feel here for for the uh, for the Raiders. You know, they really needed another wide receiver, especially with Tyra Williams dealing with that foot injury uh, Darren Waller's pretty much been the only option in the receiving game outside of their ancillary pieces. So I actually like this move for Zay Jones as a prospect. I mean, he's a guy who had some hype coming out of college a couple of years ago and just kind of hasn't really found his way in Buffalo. Do you see this as an upgrade for his long-term value in fantasy football? Um, or does this kind of just not really move the needle much for you on Zay Jones? I do like Zay Jones, man. He had over 100 targets last year. You know, he was only able to catch 56 of those um, because of the quality targets he was getting. Not sure it's much of an upgrade, but believe it or not, it is with Derek Carr throwing his way. Um, so it's it's just 
it's unfortunate for any receiver when they get traded, you know, during the season because there's a lot of catching up to do. So it's not like he's just going to come in and, and wow you. I mean, usually they'll they'll give him some simple routes to run uh, so he could just get his, his feet wet in the, in the offense. And sometimes it does work out. But, you know, it's going to be one of those things where I'm going to keep an eye on him for sure because he's definitely talented. And, boy, the, the Raiders need a little bit of a, uh, you know, uptick in, in the wide receiver core there. So I am kind of excited about it, um, although it's pretty irrelevant for most. I'm, I'm guessing. Yeah, I think I, I largely agree with you. On the Buffalo side of the ball, my initial reaction was, okay, Robert Foster finally gets his chance to see more snaps, and I don't know that that actually happens. I mean, you kind of saw a combination of all the other ancillary pieces there, um, you know, last week and I think throughout the season. So I'm hopeful that that means good things for Robert Foster, but we'll have to wait and see really what shakes out there on the uh, Buffalo side of the ball. Next piece of news here, according to my Eagles head coach, Doug Peterson, Jordan Howard's going to get more work moving forward. Nate, do you buy this news or is this just coach speak? Okay. <laughs> All right. So to give you a little insight, Keaton and I, when, when we did Fantasy Tilt, like we love Jordan Howard. Like we know if he, if you just give him the volume, he's going to produce for you. That's That's been the problem in any Doug Peterson offense is he doesn't give volume to his running backs. So that's been the issue. Now that Jordan Howard has strung together a few games where, he, hey, he looks like a lead back, because guess what? He is, and he's very hated on in the industry, and I don't understand it. Um, I'm a big Jordan Howard fan. I don't know if you could tell. However, I am <laughs> yeah, I'm not a fan of Doug Peterson. I don't believe him. I, I would believe a beat reporter and the hype they give preseason over what Doug Peterson says. Um, I'm hoping the talent wins out, because that, apparently that's what it looks like right now. Um, but no, I don't believe a word Doug Peterson says, unfortunately, for Jordan Howard and anybody there. And I'm hoping for for selfish reasons, because I have Jordan Howard in uh, in Dynasty, that he is traded after this season. I know you must like him on your Eagles, but I, I don't want him to be there because I, as long as Doug Peterson's there, I don't trust any running back in that offense. Yeah, and I think that's, that's totally valid. I mean, all offseason, you know, we were talking about, like, we want this to be a one running back type of system where there's a lead back and it's defined and, and we were all very hyped for Miles Sanders because of the draft capital. But it's just not in Peterson's DNA. And actually I retweeted a, a tweet today from a beat reporter who works for the Philly Inquirer, one that I follow and trust closely. And, you know, his his summary was basically like, you know, everything that you're hearing is kind of just like put in a small single quote and he expanded on what was actually said and it was basically that, like, when Jordan Howard gets the work, he's doing exactly what we thought he would do. Not, he's going to be our bell cow, or he's going to have the touches moving forward. So I agree with you, man. As as much as I want one back to emerge here, I really don't think it happens um, because of the fact of the way he uses his backfield. However, one little injury nugget here for you all. Darren Sproles, quad strain. He's going to be out this week. Uh, so fortunately, it moves from a three or a four headed monster of a backfield to maybe just two <laughs> here. So that might be a little bit of a, a silver lining for these two running backs here in Philly. Nate, we'll go over and kick it over into some injury news. All right, Nate. So normally when we do this, Okada takes over here and he reads the injury news and then I kind of comment on it, but I'll, uh, I'll keep posting and then I'll kick it over to you as sure. far as kind of what you think 
about the situations that are, are at hand. And I'll speak to the injury aspect, and then I'll kick it over to you. So we'll start with Thursday night, Thursday night football preview. Um, and my gosh, dude, this is going to be <laughs> such a gross game to watch. And actually, for our listeners who aren't aware, Okada is going to be at this game. He is a oh, Patriots man. fan. And literally every single person that matters outside of like Tom Brady and Julian Edelman uh, are going to be inactive. Uh, so for Thursday Night Football, we've got Saquon Barkley obviously making strides in his recovery, but not quite yet from the high ankle sprain. He's going to be out. Evan Ingram, MCL sprain, he is going to be out. Sterling Shepard is in the concussion protocol. He is going to be out. Rex Burkhead is questionable with a foot injury. I feel like the team is probably going to sit him because it's the Giants. They can win. Why not give him an extra week of rest to get back to 100%? Philip Dorsett out with a hamstring strain. So, Nate, let's let's kick it over to uh, the analysis here. Obviously, for the Giants, there's no one really of relevance in this game outside of Golden Tate. <clears throat> Any I was gonna, yeah, yeah. I mean, I was gonna say, Golden Tate's back. Woohoo! Yeah, I mean, yeah, exactly. <laughs> first of all, it's his first actual game with the Giants, so I mean, there's gonna be some kinks there. But now it, it's like the weight of the world is on a rookie quarterback and a guy who just got back from a four week suspension, a four game suspension. So, um, yeah, it, things are not looking good. I joked on Twitter, this is a, a bye week for the for the Patriots. So it's unfortunate, Okada. You're gonna. You're going to love the, the beatdown that the Pats put on, but it's basically a bye week. And uh, it is this is going to be an ugly game. And um, I, I'm zero points for the Giants. I cannot see any way they score uh, zero points for the Giants. That's all I got to say about it. Yeah, 100% agree on that one. Uh, don't start any Giants player in this uh-uh. matchup. Moving on, uh, kind of a big, I wouldn't say it's a big injury, but it's, it's a big name, and that's why it matters. Christian McCaffrey popped up on the injury report today, recording this on Wednesday, uh, with a back injury. And I'll just kind of speak to what I know about the situation, is that he didn't finish the game last week. Uh, it was kind of reported as cramps, but he just didn't look right on the sidelines. So I actually believe there's something to this than not. Am I saying he misses this game? No, not necessarily. But I, I definitely think this is a name to monitor this week for sure. I mean, his workload and his usage is just absurd off the charts playing nearly 100% of snaps and getting you know 20 to 25 touches every single week um so yeah this is something to monitor for sure if for some reason Nate he would have to sit in this game who is the running back that you would prefer there in Carolina remember they're in London so this is a 9 30 a.m eastern kickoff oh my goodness well first of all let me just talk about Christian McCaffrey because you you already touched on it how his workload has been ridiculous. I'm pretty sure he's led in touches uh, in the position since he's come into the league. And before this season, he was a smaller guy. I mean, I know he put some weight on in, uh, this offseason, but it is concerning to me, you know, it if he pops up on the injury report, and it's this is like a blip on the radar, right? And this is kind of one of those things where nobody's really talking about it. But it's something that he's going to wear down over time. I mean... If, if they continue with the workload he's having, they don't even take him off the field so he can breathe for a second. I mean, this he's extremely talented, but they're just doing they're just throwing everything on this guy. And I, I feel so bad for Christian McCaffrey. I don't if he continues with this workload, he will not last uh you know, another five years in this league if if he's lucky. So 
um, I'm I'm very worried about that. And I'm sorry. What was that? What was the question there? Yeah, I was going to ask like if if somehow, and I don't think he does, but if somehow he is not the starting running back in this matchup uh, across the pond in London, who is the running back you would prefer to start? Would it be Reggie Bonifon or would it be Jordan Scarlett? I I'll, I'll be honest with you, neither. Just because. Um, they're going against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, which is uh, an awful defense in the passing game. And I think Kyle Allen's going to have himself a day throwing uh, to his receiving core. So I don't think any of those options, we haven't seen enough from those guys to, you know, to warrant a, a, a fantasy football start. Uh, never mind just, you know, just talking about uh, any of them emerging in, in any time soon. So I'd have to see something from, from them before um, I'm willing to commit on either one of those guys. How about you? Yeah, I think for me it would be uh, Reggie Bonifon. I mean, I, I agree. I'm not excited about that at all. Um, but it's rough times out there, and it always is for the running back position. Uh, he would be the guy to own in this situation. Monitor CMC's practice activity. Again, I don't think he sits in this one, but just make sure uh, come Friday that he is still practicing. Um, in full for sure next player on the list again back injury David Johnson this one I am more worried about you could see him definitely affected uh, on Sunday against the Bengals news came out after the fact that basically his back was spasming and tightening up on him and um, I just want to warn people that is not a diagnosis that is a symptom of an underlying problem so for Mm -hmm. David Johnson uh, you know there was news also that came out like he couldn't even sit at his locker to talk to reporters afterwards and I don't know if this is what's going on, but anecdotally speaking, like muscle spasm and pain with sitting typically means some sort of disc issue um, in what I've seen day to day in my work. And so, you know, I just want to caution people like David Johnson, regardless of how he gets treatment this week, is not going to be 100% come Sunday. So I, I think he probably still plays. He'll get treatment throughout the week and, and they'll do everything they can to keep him healthy, but he is not going to be 100% for this Sunday. So, if for some reason, you know, he would sit, Nate, do you have any interest in Chase Edmonds there, who is the backup in Arizona? I mean, I think I do with Chase Edmonds, because at least we have seen a little bit of volume from him. Um, you know, I've seen enough where I think that he could uh, string together a, a good a good game. So I am slightly interested in him. But the, the truth is, if we go back to DJ for a second, he's somebody I'm not even excited starting. You know, it's like you put him in the lineup because you kind of have to because of the the draft capital you spent on him. However, it's one of those things you put him in. You're like, come on, man, just be DJ, you know, just just be that guy. And it's really not his fault. It's like this offense is not clicking the way everyone expected. And it's just things are not going the way they should be. And, uh, you know, I kind of threw a red flag out before the season started. And I know. Uh, your boy Okada's, you know, obsessed with Kyler Murray, and he thinks he's the greatest thing ever. I, I had <laughs> him. I think I had him. Yeah, <laughs> I, I had him ranked like seventeenth or eighteenth quarterback or something like that. I don't. I don't even remember. It was uh, pretty far uh, down the list. <clears throat> but um, it just because of this reason alone, like you're talking about a first time coach in the NFL and a rookie quarterback, things aren't just going to click, you know, just like that. And they've obviously have some issues on their offensive line and. You know, if DJ can't get going, man, that, that's that's the heart of this offense. So they're struggling all around. So if I if I don't trust DJ, then you know 
man, it's going to be hard to, to throw Edmonds in there. But I guess for like DFS purposes, if we're, we're talking about like daily sports, if, if you need to save some cash, if he's the only option in that backfield for a game, then I say why not? Yeah, for sure. I totally agree with that statement. I mean, the offensive line is in shambles, and obviously that matters for your running back for sure. <laughs> The nice thing about this offense is that they just use the running back so much as a receiver out of the backfield. So in PPR formats, like you said, DJ has been fine in standard. Yeah, it's it's not what we've been used to as far as David Johnson's production. Next player on the list. This is new as of uh, as a Monday. Again, I record a weekly injury recap episode. Uh, it's just a solo pod, like 15, 20 minutes, but basically recapping the injuries from the prior week. And, and I talked about everything that happened in Week five, but this broke after I recorded. So, quick update for you all: Jalen Samuels, running back for the the Pittsburgh Steelers, actually tore the meniscus in his left knee. He underwent surgery on Monday to address that tear. He's going to be out for about a month. Um, so that's just kind of a new update for you there. And then sticking with the Steelers, obviously Mason Rudolph. Everyone saw the hit. Everyone saw the concussion. The dude was bracket practice today in a limited fashion. So. My goodness, that is amazing, uh, considering where he was just a few days ago. And that really does just speak to the fact that concussions are not a all-encompassing term. Like, everyone always pictures it as that, but there's no such thing as a severe concussion or a minor concussion. You just go based off of how the athlete responds, and we're learning so much in medicine these days as to how quickly players can respond. So um, it's exciting. It's really, really great for his long-term health and for his short-term health, obviously. But I still think Mason Rudolph sits this week. So, Nate, let's just chat about the the Steelers' offense as a whole with these two injuries. Let's start with Jalen Samuels. Any interest in maybe buying James Conner as a buy-low candidate who's kind of disappointed this season? But with Samuels, who's emerged recently Mm -hmm. um, more in that backfield, do you think James Conner is now literally a a three-down workhorse, you know, handling 80% of the touches there for Pittsburgh? God, you know, in comparison to the running backs we've talked about so far, yes, I am a, I'm a firm believer in Connor. I think he's going to get going here. I mean, it's really him and Juju Smith-Schuster at this point. You know, they're on their third quarterback, likely, in this next game. Um, they're going to have to lean on Connor, which means he's going to get volume. And when somebody of his talent gets volume, he will typically produce for you. So, yes, I'm I'm very much going after Connor wherever I can. I know he's been a disappointment uh, thus far, but, um, you know, I, I follow some social media um, and I know, you know, players are always going to say, you know, the best things about themselves. I'm, I'm the best, blah, blah, blah. But Connor seems more level-headed, more motivated, and he says, you know, everybody's laughing, just watch for me to bounce back. And when I hear a player talk like that, that means he's motivated. That means he's got some drive, and he de- for sure has the talent. So I don't even question that part of it. Um, so, yeah, I'm buying Connor wherever I can. Yeah, I mean, this is a guy that Okada had ranked at running back two entering the season. I was at running back five, so we were higher consensus. I agree. I was, I was a little bit worried over the last couple of weeks Um, with the emergence of uh, Jalen Samuels. And to speak to the quarterback position, I'm going to talk about him a little bit later, so I don't want to give away too much. But (laughs) uh, basically, I mean, the the scouting report that I got from a good friend of mine, I write with him at fanium.com, is Emery Hunt. He works for The Athletic. Yes, I know Emery. And he was basically saying, you know, uh, in the, the draft scouting he did, which he covers a lot of small school guys, he was, you know, saying this guy is a gunslinger. 
He is not afraid to rip the ball all over the field and came in and uh, completed over 80% of his passes last week. Wow. Um, yeah. The Walter Payton Award winner in FCS, which is basically the best player in, in that level of football for college. So um, the, the dude's talented, but I was going to say, you know, I, I actually kind of like this for Juju. Like, I mean, Mason Rudolph, the team was hiding him, right? Like mm-hmm. Jalen Samuels getting all sorts of wildcat work. Um, Mason Rudolph threw the ball like 28 times two weeks ago, but like 10 of them were just literally touch passes where they just bop it forward like a yard. Um, so they're, they're hiding Mason Rudolph. I, I do feel this is an upgrade for Juju. Do you agree? Do you disagree? Like, what are your thoughts there? What's your temperature on Juju? I think, I mean, I'm, I'm very similar with Juju as I'm with Connor. He's a talented guy. He's going to make things happen. Whether you throw him a short pass, he's going to, he's going to find an open hole and, and make a big play out of it. He can't, he can, he is very capable of doing that. We've seen that multiple times. He can also beat guys deep and, you know, when when a team's on their third quarterback, there's a bit of a desperation there where they feel they have to they have to make a statement. They've gotta they've gotta, you know, slow down the opposing defense by opening up the playbook a little bit. And and I, I agree with you. I think this is benefiting Juju. I think this is gonna help him. Um you know, I mean, it's it's not going to be the long term answer. They may just go right back to Rudolph as soon as Rudolph is uh, ready to come back. But um, yeah, and I mean, I, I really do. I agree with you. I think this is going to help out Juju, uh, and I think it's going to help Connor. Uh, the the guys who need to step up in the offense, I believe, will uh, in the case of the Steelers. All right, man. So you and I were both playing Juju this week in DFS. Let's do this. That's right. Let's do. <laughs> let's go. <laughs> All right, let's. Uh, we're running a little bit longer on time, so we'll we'll skip the last couple injuries here. Um, one of them we're going to touch on later, so we're not skipping on all of them. But just a, a reminder to everyone, you know, go back listen to episode eighty three. I talk about all these injuries in detail, and then of course every Saturday morning, my injury preview article comes out at redshirtsfantasyfootball.com. So check it out. Uh, all your injury questions answered there. Now I know we're talking to your audience right now, but I have to give you a shout out because you are my favorite guy when it comes to. Uh, you know, learning about injuries and I trust your, your takes on literally everything. And I do catch your episodes when you do your solo podcast talking about injuries. So if you guys aren't doing that, you know, you should be doing it. And so, you know, hopefully anybody that follows me listening is listening to this episode. You got to follow my boy, Matt over here and you got to listen to what he's talking about because you know, the dude's spot on. So I give you big time kudos. And if we don't cover Devontae Adams in the episode, maybe you, you and I can talk about him later. Oh, no, no, dude. We're going to, we're going to cover him. Okay. Okay, good. That's big time. I own Devontae everywhere. So this is uh this is a interest <laughs> of me as well. So we'll talk about him for sure. Awesome. Cool. Um, let's get over into uh, the, the best part of this show before we do reminder to everyone, um, the Raiders, Bears, Colts, and Bills are on by. It would be pretty smart to not play them this week. Take them out of your lineup and insert these players into your lineup. Nate, we are talking starts of the week. And as the guest on this podcast, I have to defer to you. So you're going to go ahead and kick us off here at the quarterback position. Who is your start of the week? Sure. Um, My start of the week is going to be Matt Ryan, uh, Arizona. Now, the Cardinals, they've given up the fourth most points to quarterbacks this season. Uh, Matt Ryan has thrown for 300 plus yards in every single game this season. He has multiple touchdowns in all but one of those games, 40 plus attempts in all but one of those ga- games. 
Now, his interceptions have been an issue, uh, you know, but he's been good for 20-plus points in all but one uh, game so far this season. So I really think Matt Ryan is just about as safe as it gets, um, even though their their team as a, as a whole is not doing well. He's still producing for fantasy, and that's what we care about when we're talking about start of the week. So go ahead and start up Matt Ryan against the Cardinals. Yeah, dude, I, I agree 100%. I mean, this matchup is going to be so fun to watch if uh, if all of the pieces really perform in the way that they should. Uh, the matchup is fantastic. Matt Ryan, all the dude does is throw for 300 yards every yeah. single week. So uh, right. I love it, man, and, and I agree with you. The, the interception's not a huge deal, especially in most fantasy formats where they don't really dock you a right. ton for that interception. So love Matt Ryan this week. Continue to start him with confidence. All right, Okada, this one's for you, buddy. Kyler Murray is my start of the week in the same matchup. So if you've got uh, a super flex league, maybe you've got both these guys, Kyler Murray and Matt Ryan, and you're just going to be enjoying the game all game long because both these guys are going to light up the scoreboard. And, Nate, I know you're not the biggest Kyler Murray supporter. We kind of talked about the Cardinals already. Yeah. But for this matchup, it's it's just too good. I mean, this Atlanta defense, ever since the injury of Keanu Neal with the torn Achilles, has been just absolutely atrocious. Um, over the past three weeks, they've faced Deshaun Watson, Jacoby Brissett, and Marcus Mariota. So, obviously, some big names there, but Marcus Mariota and, and Brissett, not really that scary to face at the quarterback position, they've given up almost 1,000 yards in three games, an average of 321 over those three weeks, and at least two passing touchdowns to each quarterback. And yes, Marcus Mariota threw for three touchdowns against this team. So um, yeah, I, I mean, for Kyler, like the passing is great, of course, but the thing that I'm encouraged about is in the past three weeks of those two, uh, two of those three weeks, I should say, he went uh, for over eight rush attempts. And if that's going to be added into his stat line, that is absolute money for fantasy. So I like Kyler this week. I'm starting him anywhere I have him. So when I was reading the show, Doc, I'm thinking, all right, you know, we've got two mats, and, and I'm glad you did last names. But I was like, no, this has got to be a typo because <laughs> Betts has Kyler Murray. I was like, no, he obviously meant Okada. But uh, no, I mean, I'm, I'm surprised. I, I I, I see your reasoning. I do get it. Um, I'm just not a believer in Murray, and I just think there's there's a lot of better op- options. Uh, but if it is indeed a shootout, Kyler Murray does provide a safe floor with his rushing ability. Um, yeah, I mean, I can't I can't 100% fault you for it. I'd probably give you a, a harder time if you were Okada talking right now. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I see your logic behind it, and if if I do expect this to be a shootout, and that's why I chose Matt Ryan as my guy. So I can't blame you for for taking the opposing quarterback. Yeah, August was rough. Uh, Rough for me. I think I literally heard the name Kyler Murray twice (laughs) per episode. Yeah. Uh, So by the time week one was here, I was was happy to see Kyler Murray kind of come back down to earth. Yeah, right. Okada's elevation to stardom here. But in this (laughs) matchup, uh, I'm all about it. So I definitely love the Kyler take. On to the running back position. Nate, who do you got this week uh, at the running back position? For me, it's Mark Ingram against the Cincinnati Bengals. Now, uh, Ingram has 200-plus yard uh, rushing games and two games with two more touchdowns. Um, Now, the Bengals have given up the second-most points to running backs this season. 
Ingram has shown flashes uh, a few weeks ago that he can be effective in the pass game, even though with, you know, with limited work, he, he was effective with those, with those targets. Now, the reason why I bring that up is because the Bengals, they haven't really faced many running backs like Mark Ingram, but when they have, they've given up a ton through the air to running backs. So Chris Carson, six receptions, 34 yards and a touchdown. Raheem Mostert, three receptions, 68 yards and a touchdown. Our boy James Conner, eight receptions for 83 yards and a touchdown. And then David Johnson, who we've both talked about these guys, three receptions, 65 yards in a game. So if you're going to beat the Bengals, first of all, it's not going to take much. But secondly, you got to throw to your running back because they just abandon ship when it comes to covering uh, for that. So I'm looking for Ingram to have a great day. Uh, not only in the running game, but I think he's going to be more involved in the pass game this 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 week. Yeah, dude. I mean, you you cannot argue with the volume that Mark Ingram has gotten this season, and he has definitely capitalized. I'm not sure what your take was on Ingram entering the season, but I was definitely high on this guy, and the fact that um, you know the Ravens were just running the ball like crazy last season, and it seems that that trend will continue at least for the running back position with Mark Ingram getting so much work and being really effective with it so i love this call the matchup could not be any better um Mm. so yeah i I definitely agree i like mark ingram as well in this matchup next player on the list here for the running back position is my start of the week carry on johnson and nate i'm not sure actually i don't we haven't talked about carry on much before you and i are you a carry on guy or or not really i am a carry on guy um it's just one of those things where it's, it's frustrating because I know he can handle the workload. And for me, I just don't feel like we've seen that at its full potential yet. And that's what's been frustrating uh, in this offense for, for me. Um, I am a carry-on guy. I'm a carry-on supporter. I just want to see a little bit more volume out of him. And I think we've we've finally started to begin to, to see that. So um, I'm hoping it continues throughout the year. Yeah, man, I agree with you. I think that was really the question mark entering draft season was like, okay, the talent is not really deniable. It's the fact that this you know, coaching staff might not use him the way we want him to be used. But, right. man, ever since they let C.J. Anderson go, uh, a light switch has just flipped because in weeks one to two, 57 and 54% of snaps for carry on. They tr- uh, dropped C.J. Anderson after that. Weeks three to four. 75 and 70 percent of snaps and his usage went through the roof over 20 plus touches in both of those games um so yeah that's that's what really you know i'm buying into with carry on johnson is the usage because that was a question mark entering the season but now that i think uh cj is gone that question mark is answered and then you look at the matchup here uh with the lions taking on green bay on monday night football this defense is very good against the pass pretty stifling in the past couple of weeks uh, against guys like Carson Wentz and Dak for the first half. Uh, He turned it on there in the second. But um, you can run on this defense, and that's the way to attack Green Bay. So I think, you know, this matchup plays perfectly for Karrion Johnson. And in fantasy, you know, at the running back position, we always talk about how opportunity uh, plus matchup equals success. And for Karrion, I think he has both here on Monday Night Football. Uh, Are you playing Karrion when you have him in your lineups? I absolutely am playing him, and I'm in a <clears throat> a couple shallow leagues where, you know, I've I've got to choose between him, Joe Mixon, and Chris Carson, and 
you know, Todd Gurley and who who am I going to bench? Yeah, I mean, how am I? Who am I going to bench out of those guys? But for sure, this week I am. I'm going to continue on with the trend that I'm seeing with Carryon Johnson. Although he is right now, I'm telling you, he is a buy low candidate because he is the running back 24 in half point PPR right now, and that is something you can take advantage of and use as a a bargaining chip uh, when you're when you're stating your case as to why you want Carryon. They're like, why should I give him up? But like, well, I mean, he's you know underperforming. He's the you know, barely a, a running back two right now. Um, but obviously, as you stated, you know, he's got 20-plus carries in the last two games. I think that the Lions are finally catching on to what us lowly, you know, fantasy analysts knew all along is that he just needs the volume, and they're finally seeing that. So, uh, yeah, I'm playing him everywhere, man. That's a good pick. Yeah, I love it. All right, man, let's kick it over to the wide receiver position, and we teased it a little bit at the start of the show uh, with – your start of the week, so I'll, I'll kick it over to you. Who you got this week at wide receiver? DJ Chark. Yes. I was DJ hoping you would do that. <laughs> I mean, I've, I'm a dad, man. I got a four year old kid. Of course, I'm going to do it. I mean, I know it's annoying the hell out of everybody, but you know. Uh, anyways, he's going against the Saints, man. He's currently the number five wide receiver in fantasy football. Is anybody talking about this? The number five fantasy fo- uh, football wide receiver. The Saints have given up the six most points to wide receivers this season. DJ Chark, man, he's he's consistently targeted by Gardner Minshew in this offense. He's coming off his best performance of the season, catching eight tar- uh, eight of his 11 targets for 164 yards and two touchdowns. The dude has scored five touchdowns this season. He's scored in every game but one. And even then, he didn't really kill. I mean, he had four receptions for 44 yards. Not the best that you want to see. But again, it's DJ Chark. It's not You didn't draft him. <laughs> you know, I mean, if you did, it was super late. And, you know, most guys got him off, off waivers. So you're super happy with even a four for 44, no touchdown performance. But, after, uh, you know, outside of that, he's been elite. He's a top five guy. So uh, you got to play him against New Orleans because you better believe they're going to throw against... The Saints, they're going to have to, uh, being the Jaguars and all. And, and I'm still all hyped up uh, for, for Gardner Minshew, and I think it continues, and DJ Chark plays a huge role in that. Yeah, man, Minshew mania is a real That's thing. Right. That's right. Uh, such a fun guy to root for this season. And, yeah, dude, like, if you would have told me DJ Chark was a top 24 wide receiver, I would have laughed at you uh, a month mm. ago. And here mm-hmm. he is, like you said, wide receiver five. So, I mean, at this point, like, he's must-start material until we see otherwise. So I agree with you. Um, and, you know, going in the matchup here with the Saints, like in the past couple of weeks, they got one of their big run stoppers back, and they have been stifling against the run. They are leaky against the pass. So I agree. This is a Minshew game. This is a DJ Chark game. So I'm with you. Uh, DJ Chark. My fiance is a kindergarten teacher. So oh, there you when, go. when we were watching the games on Sunday, I started singing that, and she was like, Oh my gosh, that is such a good idea. Has anyone ever done that? Like in fantasy? And I was like, yeah. Everybody. Everyone. But uh, it's still fun to do. So I agree with you there. Jay Chark is a must play in my opinion as well. For me at wide receiver, um, and and spoiler alert, for Okada, he is going with Curtis Samuel at at, uh, at Tampa Bay. I'm going with the other wide receiver, DJ Moore at Tampa Bay, and largely for the same reason. And it's because of the fact that you can't run on Tampa Bay. This defense is second in the NFL against uh, the rush, or, or, or rush attempts, I should say, in terms of yards. So the way you attack them is throw the ball, and that is exactly what Kyle Allen is going to do. 
in this matchup. I like both guys, DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel. I'll let Okada fill you in at the end on, on Samuel as far as why he likes him. But when you look at you know specifically this matchup, and, and I look at PFF's data a lot, and it's it's fun to research through them, but basically they, they put out a wide receiver-cornerback matchup each week who they think is going to cover uh, which receiver. And for this matchup, they're projecting Vernon Hargraves to cover DJ Moore. Vernon Hargraves has been absolutely, like, so, so bad. Like, I, I was thinking of trying an adjective to, to describe it. I can't. It is so bad. He's allowing mm-hmm. a 79% completion percentage against him this season. And in week two, when he faced the same team against Carolina, he allowed 10 completions on 11 targets for 133 yards. This dude is absolutely Swiss cheese. You can attack Vernon Hargraves each week. So I love Curtis Samuel and DJ Moore in this matchup over in London. Uh, what are your thoughts there on the Carolina offense with the receivers? So so Hargrave, is, he's like he's like the supporting wide receiver, even though he's on the defensive side. He's like, hey, I see you're <laughs> wide open, dude. Here it comes. Here it comes. Yeah. And he's like, he encourages you. Ah, go. You got it. You got it, buddy. You keep going. You know, I mean, that's that's what it appears to be. He's like and, the team's uh, wide receiver three, whoever they're playing. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, there's a reason why we're so high on the receiving core for, um, you know, for for the Carolina Panthers uh, this week. And, you know, even to bring up your point uh, er, that you said earlier with uh, CMC dealing with his back injury, um, you know, if he's limited, like at all, (laughs) and I know that's not something he normally is, but if he is at all, I mean, this is just going to open up the the playbook for, for Kyle Allen to just throw to everybody and uh you know let me do a little quick transition into tight end and that is why i have greg olson as my start of the week at quarterback i mean at uh tight end so here's here's the deal i originally had gerald everett because i just wrote about him in one of one of my articles for fan tracks about you know how he's strung together a couple good solid weeks he's getting target volume and he doesn't have the best matchup against San Francisco, blah, 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 blah. I still think in this pool of, of crappiness that we have at tight end, I had a whole thing for Gerald Everett. And I said, you know what? Screw that. Let's go Greg Olson. You want to know why? Because Greg Olson just put up a zero last last week. And a lot of people were on tilt and dropped him. Just flat out dropped the dude because the last two weeks, he's put up very minimal. And like I said, last week, a goose egg. Now, I'm going to say, it's a wasteland at tight end. We can go so many directions here. Greg Olson, like I said, he put up the zero. Uh, He faced a much better defense against the tight end position, allowing the 12th fewest points last week. The week before that, he had Houston, who'd given up the 4th fewest points to tight ends. Prior to that, Olson had... 221 total yards and two touchdowns in his first three games. This is a bounce back game for Olsen. Tampa Bay has given up the second most fantasy points to tight end position. I expect Kyle Allen and the Panthers to throw a ton this week. And that is why all three of us are in on the Carolina receiving core, whether it be the wide receivers or the tight end, you name it. It's it's going to be a parade for the, all three of those guys. Yeah, dude. If you didn't bring it up, I was going to. Uh, listeners, right. if you haven't sensed the trend yet, uh, <laughs> attack Tampa Bay through the air, and I think Okada mm-hmm. will play you in a little bit more 
at the end of the show on why he likes the uh, the passing quarterback here in this matchup for Carolina. So, uh, yeah, man, I agree. I mean, for all the reasons I stated with DJ Moore, 100% agree with Greg Olson. Start your Panther receivers in this matchup. For me, my start of the week is, and I feel like this is probably too easy, but it's hard to pick a start of the week at tight end. But uh, it's Will Disley, and this is mm. a guy who, you know, Okada and I did a, a full game preview last Friday on Patreon. We made it free for everyone, so you can go back and listen. But basically, I recapped Thursday Night Football with Okada, and my biggest takeaway from the game was that Will Disley is a top-five tight end rest of season because his usage in the last two weeks and his routes run are just absurd. I mean, the the trade between the Steelers and the Seahawks with Nick Vanette really opened up a lot for Disley. In those two weeks, you saw his snap percentage rise exponentially. You saw his targets rise exponentially. You saw his routes run rise exponentially. Like There is a plan for this offense to incorporate Will Disley each and every single week. I mean, last week we saw a couple of tight end screens to him. Like They're designing plays mm-hmm. for him specifically. So, um, you know, you got a guy like this who... The usage is there, and then, man, Russell Wilson, like, the dude is playing out of his his mind, honestly. Mm-hmm. Uh, a guy who I said probably wouldn't finish as a quarterback one this season because of how run-heavy the offense is. I was like, right there with you, man. I was no right there with you. No way. Yeah. Like, he, he is just absolutely throwing that back on our face. Mm-hmm. The quarterback one in fantasy this season, I want every piece of the offense that he's throwing to, including Will Disley. And, oh, by the way, he's going up against the Cleveland Browns, who have absolutely looked just like you know a, a shell of like what they're supposed to be with injuries to both cornerbacks uh, with soft tissue injuries. We saw George Kittle go for a touchdown on Monday Night Football. So for me, Will Disley, and I feel bad even saying this, is my start of the week. Like he should be locked in your lineup every yep. single week. And one little strategy that I've used in a couple of lineups, Nate, and I'm not sure if you agree with this, but uh, when I have found myself with Disley on my roster. It's not because I drafted him. Like I drafted someone else above him. Maybe it's like a, a Mark Andrews or um, an Austin Hooper, someone like that. Right. And I feel confident enough in Disley to trade away the other guy to get mm-hmm. a starting wide receiver or running back. I mean, that's that's how confident I feel in Disley. Are you with me or are you a little bit more hesitant? What are your thoughts there on uh, Will Disley in Seattle? I'm 100% with you with Disley, and he's quickly become my favorite tight end in the league uh, just because uh, he seemingly has come out of nowhere. Now, I know there are, there's always a few people who are like, no, I knew it, you know, I called it, blah, 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 whatever. The majority of us were not thinking Will Disley as a top five uh, tight end, which is where he's at right now, actually. He is the number five tight end in fantasy, but I'll tell you what. You say he'll be a top five by the end of the season. I say that's too easy. I think he could easily be the number one tight end at the end of the season. Let's Here's go. why. Here's why. I love Let me it. tell you why. He's the number five, but less than five points separate the top five tight ends right now. So, And they've all played the same amount of games. So you can't give me the bye week stuff. Five, less than five points separate the top five tight ends in fantasy football right now and Disley just happens to be that number five guy. So I believe so wholeheartedly in this in this offense in Russell Wilson who I gotta I, you know I bow to him now because for years and years and years every year I try to tell him he's garbage, he's garbage, he's garbage, he's garbage. Last year I was kind of right about him, but this year I have I am so far off on Russell Wilson 
And now I just have to believe in the rest of his pieces uh, in this offense. And for me, Will Disley is my favorite option, believe it or not, in the air. Uh, and that's counting Metcalf, Lockett. You be- you better be- – like I am full-blown in love with uh, with Disley, and I will I will have him everywhere for sure. Good pick. Yeah, man. Love it. Like the – the thing that's just so encouraging about him is the quarterback position. And you look at these other like type of streamer options, there's question marks at quarterback. And like for Disley, you know, with how good Russ is playing, and I mean, look at like the, look at that throw last Thursday night to Tyler Lockett, like oh. throw of the year. Yeah, um, it's with how he's playing out of his mind, I want every piece of it. So yeah, you and me are in agreement here. Give me all the Will Disley uh, I can get for sure. DFS season long, you name it, I want him in my lineup for sure. Let's kick it over to our last start of the week here, Nate. We're looking at defenses and special teams. Who you got? Okay, so at first I wanted to do the WTF uh, gif in response to (laughs) talking defenses for a second. I was just like, wait, you know, but I am still in a few leagues that that do the defense, and I was right about the Eagles last week, toot toot. Uh, But this week I'm going to go ahead with the Redskins, uh, and I know, spoiler alert, our, our boy Okada is in agreement with me. Uh, hopefully he still is by the time he does his recording. But, uh, I mean, do I really have to defend this? I mean, the Dolphins are the worst team in the NFL, and they've given up the most points to defenses this season. First of all, I mean, this is a battle. First of all, I mean, these both these teams should be – it should not have a win this season. But, unfortunately, we're going to see one of them win – this weekend, unless it's a tie, which I'd laugh so hard oh, at that. Oh, I hope that happens so bad. Yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> man, I will save this audio clip and just play this back after the tie happens. <laughs> but uh, so, you know what? I'm going to call it. There's a tie. The tie between the Redskins and Miami Dolphins, they're still without a win. Uh, and then I'll, I'll, I'll kind of loop that into into my social media platforms. But oh. anyways, I haven't been the best or they haven't been the best defense this season, the, the Redskins, but they do create turnovers. They've done very well with that. Even in the last game blowout against the, the, the Patriots, they did get a red zone interception off of Tom Brady, Tom friggin' Brady. So uh, there's, there's sparks in, in some things to like about this defense, but I mean, playing Miami just puts it over the top and makes it an easy decision for me this week. Yeah, man. I mean, uh, I listened to Okada's clip because I was going to try to like edit it before I actually put it into our podcast. So, uh, I won't spoil it for our listeners, but I'll just say I had a great laugh nice. in regards to what his analysis was. With this, it this was probably matchup. two words or th- a sentence or, or less than a sentence. No, 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 no. Full analysis. No way. <laughs> yeah, dude, it was it was funny. So I can't wait for you to listen to it. But yeah, I, I agree wait. with both of you guys. Like, this is the week to play the Redskins. If ever mm-hmm. there was a week, this is it. Um, yeah, man, Miami is just so, so, so bad. And I want any defense playing them. So, yes, I am attacking them with you as well in awesome. my lineups uh, for sure. So, for me, my start of the week at the defense position is a defense that I feel like we were really excited about this season and injuries have just ravaged them. But because of injury... I am playing this defense, and it's because of the injury to the quarterback position. I'm going with the Chargers on Sunday Night Football against the Steelers. I talked about how I think uh, Devlin Hodges is a bit of an upgrade for Juju, 
and the fact that he's a bit of a gunslinger type of mentality. So he'll throw the ball all over the field if the offense lets him. And I think that actually helps because those type of quarterbacks, you know, provide turnover opportunity. You know, you can get an interception, you can get a pick six. Like, that's what we're looking for here in this matchup. I talked about uh, Jalen Samuels already being out. Mm-hmm. I think James Washington is also out. So you're looking at a depleted offense with a third-string quarterback, an undrafted player. There's going to be opportunity for turnovers here, and that's why I like the Chargers on Sunday Night Football in prime time against the Steelers for my start of the week. What are your thoughts there on L.A.? Yeah, I mean, that's a great pick. I've actually, you know, I stream defenses in those leagues that I have defenses. Uh, you know, I got lucky with the Patriots defense in one of them, so I don't stream there, obviously. But in, in my other ones, you know, this is the defense I was targeting uh, for this week, believe it or not. Um, just because they are on their third quarterback. And typically in, in a first start like that, uh, it's going to benefit the opposing defense and you know, I'm hoping turnovers happen, maybe a, a pick six, uh, and that's really all you need out of your defense to to make your day. I don't care what they do the rest of the time. So one pick six, and, and, and they're good to go. So, yeah, I really do like that pick. Yeah, man, can't argue with you at all on that one. So uh, let's get over to our next segment here, Nate. And, you know, anytime we have a, a guest on the show, Okada and I want to be very uh, welcoming. We want to try to you know make you feel at home, make you feel part of the team. So... We're going to spend a few minutes here talking about your content um, and really highlight your work because, dude, like, I love what you do in fantasy because you're not just, like, some dude that rattles off stats. Like, your work is so entertaining to read that um, I love it. There's dad jokes in there, which I love. Thank you. I'm a sucker for that. So (laughs) we're going to highlight some of your work here with Fantrax, and I want to highlight two of your articles. Sure. So you put out a weekly, I guess it's like a recap, right, for Fantrax looking at uh, the Dominators, which play yes. on words there with your name, That's right? That's right. That's right. I mean, I don't think that gets too old at all for anybody that follows me that I say dominate for everything because uh, my name, Nate, is in the word. So, yeah, I mean, so that first uh, piece, so I write two articles a week for Fantrax, and that's that's one of them. It's the, the Dominators of the Week. And so at first, the very first week I did this was – I would just take the top player at each position. So quarterback, wide receiver, running back, tight end, right? So the, the four positions that matter in fantasy football. And I would take the, you know, the top finisher in, in that and just discuss how well they did and how much they dominated and what they could do for you next week. Now, after, after I released the first article, I'm thinking this is probably not going to provide much for the readers where if I'm every time going to put like, Christian McCaffrey did amazing. You should play him next week. I mean, you know, it's like that doesn't <laughs> help. analysis. Yeah, so I pivoted, and I would take, you know, kind of like a breakout, I guess you will. Somebody that doesn't do it on a consistent basis or maybe hasn't done it yet, and they had maybe, you know, a top 10 performance in their position. And I will, I will take those guys, and I'll break down their performance, um, you know, what they did and what allowed – that a performance to happen and whether or not we can see that in the, in the following week. So I don't want it to just be an article that is something that, yeah, I already know all this stuff because it happened last week and it does nothing for me this week. So what I do is I talk about how well they did, but I, I, I also talk about what it can do for them in the next matchup. So if it's somebody you are thinking about picking up from, from waivers or you want to trade for, are they going to dominate or are they going to detonate in the next week? 
So for example, the last one I did, obviously, recap week five. I'll talk about who who they're facing week six, how that defense is against that particular position, whether or not that guy is trending up, whether you should trust them to dominate in that in that matchup or detonate in your lineups and maybe you should bench them or kind of back off and cool off of the, the hype from the previous week. So that is that is one of the two articles that I write uh, every week for fan tracks is a lot of fun. I really like doing that one. Yeah, it's definitely a great read. One that I check out every single week. Um, Nate, I'll I'll kick it over to you. Which let's pick one. What player from the week five breakouts from the dominate uh, article do you want to yep. talk about here? Would we'll pick a player. Sure. It's ironically, I want to talk about the guy that's got to buy this week, <laughs> but it's Josh Jacobs, man. You know, he first of all traveled to London. Uh, faced the Chicago Bears defense and ran for 123 yards on them. Um, this guy is for real. I mean, anybody who could do that to the Bears defense, I don't care where you are. You're playing on the the moon. I don't care. It's against the Bears defense. Uh, the Bears know that the Raiders don't have a lot of offense or a lot of offensive help outside of Josh Jacobs, and yet they were not able to stop him. Um, that gives me a lot of hope for his, his future performances. And, you know, it's, it's hard to trade for a guy coming off a week like that, but given the fact that it's his bye week they may need a, a running back now and think, yeah, well, yeah, I mean, he was up and down, you know, the first four weeks or whatever before that. So yeah, I'll, I'll deal him. So I, if I were you, if I don't own Josh Jacobs, I would I'd be going out and getting him right now because I'll tell you what, if he can put up a performance like that against the Bears, he is the real deal. He's going to help you win fantasy championships this year. Yeah, man, I was actually hoping that you would bring him up because he's a player that I was pretty high on entering the season. Mm-hmm. Just like given the workload that he was going to get, I mean, there's no one else in that backfield that really competes with him. And I'm not sure if you listened to last week's episode, but of course. Josh Jacobs was Always. my sit of the week and I know <laughs> he made me look like uh I knew nothing about football but yeah yeah I mean the, the process was correct right like this this yes, defense of course is so good um in London a an uh-huh. offense without Tyrell Williams like they should have been able to stop him and and I agree with you man like 26 rush attempts the volume is there and now you look at like you said coming off the bye like the matchups are great at Green yeah. Bay who we talked about at Houston not scary Detroit fourth most fantasy mm-hmm. points chargers you can run on them since in week 11 jets in week 12 kansas <sighs> city who cannot stop anyone in week 13 like this matchup schedule for him is absolutely absurd so if there's someone looking to get out from jacobs after this performance i am 100 in agreement with you bye 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 josh jacobs mm-hmm. this uh this week okay man next uh next article here that i want to get to from you is a 12 stats article where you kind of yes. look at some interesting stats that maybe are going under the radar that can help you win your week. Again, we're running a little bit shorter on time, but sure, yeah, you know, we uh, we got time. Like you're a guest, we'll we'll take all the time we need. <laughs> um, give me your favorite two stats from this article. So you pick, and we'll discuss. Sure. Yeah. I mean, first of all, I talk a lot, and that, and that's that's the issue with me, and that's why yeah, I've always given. No, I'm just no, I've, yeah, it's right. <laughs> that's fantastic. That's actually what you need to do. But I've always given Keaton a lot of credit for for moving the pace, and we've always kept it to like an hour, an hour, an hour every time. I don't know how we do it. Yeah, it's so. But hard anyways, to do. it is so hard to do because we could talk for hours about this stuff. 
Uh, but my latest one, so I'll give you a little quick background on, on the, the stats article. So at first, I just wanted to do, you know, 12 intriguing stats, you know, those those stats that just make you say, wow, no way, I didn't think of that. And then you can kind of draw your own conclusions from it. However, I'm thinking from the side of the reader now, and I want to come up with stats from each week that, <clears throat> similar to what I do in the Dominate article, which is, how is this going to help you? For the following week, how is this going to help you in week six? So I kind of, you know, I turn the page on that and I brought up one of them already, um, which is the Will Disley one where, you know, he continued his reign uh, catching 81 yards as, as a tight end that he's the, you know, he's a top five tight end so far this season and that the top five tight ends have fewer than five points that separate those guys. So that's something that, Coming into the season, you would never think. You would think Kelsey's leading it by 20 points. There's not even, no one's close. But no, 4.9 points to be exact separate Will Disley from the number one tight end in the league. And uh, Ingram is in that conversation, and he's going to miss this week against the Patriots. So there's going to be a lot of moving around the tight end position. My other one that I like, uh, again, we talked about DJ Chark. Uh, you know, he had his best game in week five. He finished uh, as the number four wide receiver last week, catching eight of 11 targets for 164 yards, two touchdowns. You know, Chark's the number uh, five wide receiver on the season. And he's just a touchdown machine. And Minshew is just going to continue targeting. So you need to go get him wherever you can, because people who sometimes aren't paying attention to the name because he's not a popular name yet you can easily go out and get. So yeah, I mean, I encourage you go, go ahead and check out my stuff at Fantrax. Fantrax putting out a lot of great content right now. And, uh, you know, not just for me, and I hate to say that, not just for me, but there's, there's a whole team that, uh, we're, we're doing amazing stuff over at Fantrax. I'm very excited about it. And it's, it's honestly been my most fun, uh, writing articles, uh, this season because I actually went from saying maybe I'm not going to write any articles this year I'm just going to kind of do the on you know do the Twitter thing because I do all that all the time but uh as soon as I had the freedom to choose whatever I was going to write I I was full game and now I write two articles a week for them and you know on top of my day job and all that good stuff so you know I appreciate you having me on uh and and this is you know I, I miss talking on a podcast and, and, uh, you know, I, I wouldn't mind being a guest, uh, you know, as much as you need me. So thanks, Matt. Yeah, man. Anytime. I mean, like, I mean, I've said it a couple of times already. Like you're one of the guys that when you put out a content, um, an article, a podcast, whatever, like in our, mm-hmm. our group chat with our crew, like I click on it every single time. Like I'm not going <laughs> to not read it. Um, because I think your approach to fantasy is beyond the stats. It's, it's fun. It's, dad jokes it's laughing mm-hmm. like it's what fantasy should be you know right. all these these articles and these stats and this content like it's so like convoluted with like so many stats and then we want to try to analyze everything but like dude keep it up man because your approach is so fun to read i hope you continue to grow with fan tracks we definitely support their work i, I follow a bunch of their writers i read their content i play Thank a you. college fantasy football league which i never thought i would do awesome fan tracks platform so uh, yeah, I mean, I agree with you. Fun things are happening over at Fantrax. But, Nate, before we let you go, I want to do one last segment. And we'll keep it sure. short because we are running pretty late here on time as per <laughs> right. usual. Yeah, um, right. Let's answer two listener questions here. Let's get okay, over yeah. into the mailbag and then we'll close out the show. Sounds good. 
Now let's talk about the mail. Can we talk about the mail? Okay, man. So you teased it earlier. You you talked about maybe we want to talk about Devontae Adams, and I definitely do. And this was a, mm. a follower of you uh, at Canadian G H E, I think is is the handle there. Um, asked you about a start sit question and then said, you know, do you anticipate Adams plays this week or is he going to be out? So we have to talk about Devontae Adams' toe. Otherwise, I would not be doing our followers justice. Thank God. Here with a toe injury. Yeah. I- I'm but, listening. I'm, I'm just like, I'm going to sit here and just listen to you. I know Devontae is your guy. We talked pre-show about how you want to get him up on your studio wall. Absolutely. Um, yeah, man. I'm nervous about Devontae Adams. I'm not going to lie. This week. Uh. I read a report today that Matt LaFleur is planning to have him available this week. I don't buy it. I mean, from the start of this injury kind of sequence of last Thursday where, um, you know, he couldn't even put a shoe on. His toe was so swollen. Like, playing two weeks after that is just not a smart move. So, for me, if they play him, I fear an A.J. Green type of scenario where it's, you know, it's encouraging. He's getting back out in practice. They play him all is well. And then he takes one step and he's done. And, and the mm-hmm. issue with it is the turf toe injury is basically a hyperextension of your big toe, which is basically half of what you need for the push-off movement. So it's not just your calf, it's your big toe. And those ligaments get stressed with every single push-off you make at the line of scrimmage. And that's what we saw last year with AJ Green. He tried to push off in his first game back and fell to the turf. So... Yeah, man, I'm nervous. I hope they sit Devontae Adams this week. And if they do, I will feel much better about his long-term outlook this season. But if he plays, man, like, I I am so nervous about Devontae Adams. Like, I'm going to be biting my fingernails because I have him everywhere in fantasy. Um, Me too. I mean, half my teams are named after him. And it's, it's, it's too bad because turf toe sounds conspicuous. However, it kept him out of the most crucial part of the game a couple weeks ago. And you better believe if if he was good to go, I don't care how, what what kind of pain he was feeling, he was going to be out there. But it was significant enough to keep him sidelined in the red zone, and that is just where his money is. And uh, yeah, and man, it's it's crushing to say, but I, I'm with you. I'm I'm very concerned about his usage going forward, and you know whether or not it flares up again on him if if he does go full go at some point. Yeah, hundred percent there for sure. Uh, the next question I think is the most interesting. So let's answer that one. This comes from at Richie underscore McMaster. Who are the best buy low running backs right now? He says, I'm stashed at wide receivers. He has the aforementioned Devontae Adams, Will Fuller, Calvin Ridley, Tyra Williams, AJ Green, Cortland Sutton. So it's a pretty good wide receiver core. His running backs are Le'Veon Bell, Sonny Michelle, and Josh Jacobs. They only carry 12 roster spots and they have 12 bench spots. So He's looking to add some RB depth. Who is a player that you feel he can get on the cheap uh, right now? Yeah, um, they have four bench spots. You said you, you misspoke, said 12, but... Um, my, oh, 12 roster if, spots, if they, four if they, bench yeah, spots. Yeah, 12, 12, four bench spots, yeah. Actually, you know what? I mean, I'm kind of liking his, his situation because we talked about Josh Jacobs and how he's a perfect buy-low candidate right now. Le'Veon Bell, he's honestly another one. He started off the season with a pretty tough schedule. And it, things lighten up for him. And they got to play the, the Dolphins twice in the next few weeks. And uh, Le'Veon, man, he's way too talented to not get involved. I don't care how bad his team is. Uh, he can make moves on his own um, when he's out there. So I kind of really do like Le'Veon there. 
another guy that I'll bring up is, is James Conner. Um, you know, I'm a believer in him. He's he's disappointed a lot of owners so far. So if you want to maybe package Sony with uh, one of your one of your uh, wide receivers, you know, maybe it's uh, Williams, um, just because he's caught a few touchdowns to start the season. Maybe package him and and Sony and try to see if you can get James Conner out of it. I would suggest something along those lines uh, if you really do want to upgrade at running back. But I really think you're in a pretty good pretty good spot to be honest with you. Yeah, I agree. I, I think one player that I would probably try to add to my roster on the very very cheap is Damian Williams. And I'm not sure what your thought there is, Nate. But in every game where Shady and Damian Williams have played, Williams has out snapped McCoy and, and pretty significantly just last week coming off with a knee injury, which sidelined uh, Williams for two weeks. I thought it would be more of an even split and maybe even McCoy getting more of the work. 56% of the snaps to Williams, 22% to McCoy, and zero carries. So, um, you know, for McCoy, he really got phased out quickly after two pretty good weeks. For me, Damian Williams is a guy you can you can trade for. He's currently ranked in terms of fantasy points as a running back three, so he's not going to show up as, as a top option. And obviously... You want a piece of this Chiefs offense. I think Damian Williams is a sneaky buy right now who can be had at a pretty cheap uh, cheap price. Damian Williams, I just – Keaton and I kind of laughed at, at the hype that was going into it. And, you know, of course we don't have a platform right now to laugh at everybody. You can uh, laugh right you now. Know. Yeah, we're going to laugh. <laughs> <laughs> Damian Williams sucks, man. <laughs> you know, uh, you know, it's just – it's it's part of the fantasy football uh, – part of me to, to you know I'm a fan of the game of, as well so I like to have fun with it sometimes but no I absolutely agree with you I mean he does have the upside simply because of the offense he's in you know I'm not a huge believer in his talent and uh, I guess the the snap count uh, percentage between him and McCoy I would ask you know how how good is Damian Williams at blocking maybe he's maybe he's a little better than McCoy is um, so, you know, maybe that accounts for his, uh, for his snap, his snap count, because we haven't seen the production out of him. Um, but you know, I mean, yeah, absolutely. He, he's been dropped by quite a few teams actually, uh, looking at the numbers. So it, you can get him essentially for free or you trade away one of your bench guys to, to get Damian Williams. He's definitely somebody that could emerge later on in the season. Um, so yeah, I mean, he's worth a bench spot, but I'm not confident in his talent to be honest with you. Yeah, Nate, honestly, I think I would take you in a Chiefs uniform over nice, Damian Williams, nice. but it's all about the the team that he plays for. That's uh, right. For sure in this one. So, yeah, I agree with you. Definitely an average talent in this league. Um, but, yeah, I want to play alongside Patrick Mahomes if I am an NFL player. So that's really <laughs> the situation there for Williams. Um, all right, man, we did it. We made it through a yes. full show. Woohoo! We crushed. All and, right. And we did it without Okada, who as of right now, as you're listening, is on his way to New England. And I want to throw a little shade at Okada before I stop this recording. Let's do it. Nate and I both live in New England. I'm in Vermont. Nate's in New Hampshire. Okada didn't tell either of us that he was coming to Mm. Thursday Night Football against the Patriots. And Mm -hmm. I think that we both would have met up with him if he would have told us. So if you're on Twitter, give him a hard time for not being our friend. (laughs) Yeah, how how could you not want to hang out with Betts and myself? I mean... Come on, Okada. you you got to be better than this. Yeah, come on, man. Um, but anyway, Nate, thank you so much, dude. It was a blast doing this with you. I hope we can do it again in the near future. We will. For all of our listeners who haven't checked out your content yet, what are you doing? Start checking out Nate's content at Fantrax. 
It's fantastic. I always retweet it out, so feel free to, to click on those links. Nate, tell the people where they can find you. Sure, yeah. I mean, again, my, my article content at Fantrax. Uh, don't unsubscribe from the Fantasy Tilt podcast because Keaton and I, we feel very confident we'll be back at some point. Uh, it's just life is just crazy right now. So, we again, we're just – it's not goodbye. We're just pressing pause. Um, and then, obviously, follow me on Twitter at DominateFF. I'm on there every day, man, answering as many questions as possible. And it was one of my things. I, I used to answer everybody's question, and then I hit 10,000. Now I'm well over 13,000 at this point, and it's just so hard to keep up with everything. But I still try to answer as many questions as possible. So feel free to hit me up on there. And uh, my DMs are open as well. So you can go ahead and, and try to ask me questions in there as well. Awesome, man. Thanks so much for coming on. You can Thank find you for having Okada me. at Matt Okada. Find me at the Fantasy PC. The show account is at RedshirtsFFPod. We will tweet out Nate's articles that we talked about tonight from the show account at RedshirtsFFPod. Go to the website. Check it out every single day. We're going to end the show here, but stay tuned for an extra 15 minutes. Okada, even though he's traveling, is going to give you his starts of the week. Stay tuned for that. Until next time, we are the Redshirts. Hi, my start of the week at quarterback. I'm going with Kyle Allen. That's right. Panthers, quote-unquote, backup quarterback, by which I really mean the new starting quarterback of the Panthers. Sorry, Cam Newton, you are awful and you've been replaced. No, but really, Kyle Allen has actually been pretty good. It hasn't so much shown up in the fantasy numbers. Uh, Last couple weeks, he hasn't been great because he hasn't thrown a lot of touchdowns. But if you remember, he had four of those in his first week uh, as the starter against the Cardinals in week three. And the Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense, which is the defense he'll be playing uh, in London, is up there with the Cardinals as one of the worst in the league. They're allowing the six most fantasy points to quarterback. So when Daniel Jones and Teddy Bridgewater can torture defense, I am willing to sign up for Kyle Allen to do the same. My start of the week at running back. Oh boy, you guys aren't going to be ready for this. Sorry, Kent. I'm coming in hot with Damian Williams versus the Texans. I know. Big risk. What am I talking about? To be honest, I don't really know. But here's going to be my few excuses to go with Damian Williams. Back uh, back for the first time last week after missing a couple weeks with injury, he had 34 snaps to LaShawn McCoy's 14 in his first week back. Now, this is a, a situation that can probably change week to week, but if D-Will's going to outsnap McCoy by 20 in his first week back from injury, I'm going to go ahead and say that they're willing to lean his way more often than not. McCoy has not been anything super special so far. Obviously, D-Will hasn't either, but he's been dealing with injury. And... Listen, he did nothing last week for fantasy purposes besides all those snaps, but the Chiefs offense scores 13 points. That's half of their worst effort with Mahomes as a starting quarterback before last week. So there's no way that happens again. This offense is going to get going. And if Mahomes is a little bit hampered with that ankle, could mean that he's less willing to run around and throw it deep to Tyree Kill, or not Tyree Kill because he's not playing, but whoever the fill-in for Tyree Kill is. Uh, and that may, that might be more dump-offs to Damian Williams, which would be especially nice against the Texans because they have allowed the most receptions, 45, and the second most receiving yards to running backs this entire season. So I think it's a good matchup for D-Will to get maybe six to eight catches and have a really nice PPR day. 
My start of the week at wide receiver is going to be a guy we were super high on coming into the season who has not really broken out uh, like we had hoped, and that's Curtis Samuel. I'm hoping that he really gets it going this week against the Buccaneers, kind of stacking it with my Kyle Allen start uh, at QB. Uh, Listen, first game that Samuel played against the Buccaneers this season, they've already played two. He had five catches for 91 yards. Uh, that can certainly happen again. You throw in a touchdown or another big play, and he's an, just an absolutely great start this week. And the Buccaneers, it's not just Curtis Samuel who had a good game against them. They're getting torched by slot wide receivers this year. Uh, Michael Thomas, Robert Woods, Cooper Cup in the same game, Sterling Shepard even. They all had really big games against the Bucks. So uh, Kyle Allen's going to have his great start, and that means that his receivers are going to be good. Obviously, Christian McCaffrey will dominate, and DJ Moore might even get some but I think that Curtis Samuel will have possibly the best day of the receivers and be a good start of the week. At the tight end position, my start of the week is going to be Austin Hooper. Yes, I am going with basically the number one fantasy tight end, depending on your format this year. I wouldn't have normally have done this, except that bets I looked at the show doc and he had Will Disley versus the Browns, who's basically the other best tight end in fantasy this year, depending on your format. So... If Betts is allowed to do that, I'm allowed to take Austin Hooper, and he's playing the Cardinals, who are by far the worst fantasy defense against tight ends for, it feels like, forever now. This is just so obvious that someone had to say it, and maybe it's not a uh, redraft type of start, but if you play any daily, I would pay whatever it takes to get Austin Hooper, maybe even throw him in a flex spot, because it's going to be massive. This output's going to be solid. He has more receiving yards than Julio Jones, by the way, his teammate this year so there's that uh start austin hooper wherever you can uh start of the week for my defense is going to be the washington redskins in miami i don't care who your defense is i don't care if your defense is matthew betts nate hamilton matt okada kent wyrock and uh everybody from the redshirts patreon chat we will get fantasy points against the Dolphins. They are absolutely trash. They're giving up 18.3 points to defenses, uh, depending on your format. But that is the worst in the league by a lot, pretty much no matter what your format is or what your scoring is. They are absolutely poop. So the Redskins defense is good enough that they can get a few sacks, probably a pick, maybe a pick six, fumble here and there, and the Dolphins aren't going to score more than 10 or 15 points. So it's a win all around. Start the Redskins D. Plus they're available, so that's nice. All right, sets of the week. My set of the week... let's, Let's go again, shall we? My sit of the week at the quarterback position makes me very sad because I have a lot of this player, but it's Jared Goff versus the 49ers. Uh, he's been up and down, honestly. It's been largely inconsistent, but he has not thrown more touchdowns than interceptions since week two, and that's his only game this year with more TDs than INTs. Uh, and he had, it's because he had one touchdown, by the way, and zero pick. So basically has not had a good game except for going off in yards uh the last couple of weeks but we need to be him to be a lot more efficient and put up some better scoring numbers before he's really trustable as a starter uh, unless in a great matchup which this one is not he's playing the 49ers who are giving up fewer points to quarterbacks than every single team in the 
uh, National Football League, except the Patriots, which is probably the best defense we've ever seen. So basically, the 49ers are the second best defense we've ever seen against fantasy quarterbacks. Uh, not really, but they are very, very good, and I do not want to start Jared Goff in this matchup. Um, the Niners' D gave up seven points to Jameis Winston and negative two to Baker Mayfield last week, just for context. So unless you want to be somewhere between negative two and seven, I would set Jared Goff. At the running back position, my sit of the week is going to be a team duo of the Eagles running backs. A classic Okada cheat going up against the Vikings in Minnesota. This is this is a mess situation, guys. We still can't figure out what's going on here. Honestly, what seems to be the clear situation is just that Miles Sanders is going to get a lot of the valuable carries and catches between the 20s which means he's going to rack up, you know, 70 yards a game or something like that and three or four catches, and it's going to be nice if he would ever score a touchdown. But the problem is Jordan Howard is getting all the red zone and goal line work, and so he's scoring a touchdown every now and then or that one huge game but can't be relied on for anything else. So between those two and that that problem of usage, it makes it really hard to pick one to start. And that does, it doesn't help that the Vikings are giving up the fourth fewest fantasy points to running backs. Uh, they shut out Devontae Freeman, Josh Jacobs, David Montgomery. So those are all guys with a stronger hold on this on their backfields than either of these two, really, it feels like. So I'm going to sit both Eagles if I can. And my sit of the week at the wide receiver position is going to be Marquise Brown. I feel like this might be my third or fourth time. Picking Marquise Brown as a sit of the week, but I have to keep doing it anytime that I'm afraid you guys are going to want to start him. And he got a red zone touchdown last week that was, I feel like, pretty fluky for the player that he is. I don't think you can rely on that. And aside from that touchdown, he had his second straight week of 22 yards, has been trending down all year in the yardage department. I still don't think he's reliable. Without that touchdown, we would be looking at an awful two-week stretch for fantasy. He should be on your bench until much further notice. And believe it or not, the Bengals are actually allowing the fifth fewest fantasy points to wide receivers. I think it's just because no one needs to throw on them because they're awful and 0-5. But whatever it is, wide receivers aren't really uh, racking up fantasy points against the Bengals. Go start your running backs against them, but uh, hashtag Mark Ingram season. But uh, not the wide receivers. So I'm going to sit Marquise Brown yet again, and I will keep doing so until you all... Uh, get it through your thick skulls, JK. Uh, that's it for me, guys. See ya. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Red Shirts Fantasy Football Podcast. Hit us up on Twitter at RedShirtsFFPod and check out our website, RedShirtsFantasyFootball.com.